Part 2. Canada. Hard work isn't easy. Toronto. New Year's Day 2000, Pearson International Airport, Toronto, Canada. I stepped outside to wait in the passenger pickup area, and when I inhaled through my nose, all the hairs in my nostrils froze. I tried inhaling through my mouth, but that made me saliva feel different. So I spat on the ground, and without a word of exaggeration, me spit actually bounced. It froze before hitting the ground. For effect's sakes, lads, everything I had told me parishioners about hell being a horrible place suddenly seemed to ring hollow. What I wouldn't have given at that moment for a bit of the sweet tropical heat of hell. It was minus 40 degrees Celsius with the wind chill factor. I still don't know why they say it's minus 25 degrees Celsius today, but with the wind chill factor, it'll feel more like minus 40 degrees Celsius. If it feels like minus 40 degrees Celsius, then it is minus 40 degrees Celsius. Just say that. And why the hell does anybody choose to live in a country where it's minus 40 degrees Celsius in the first place? Move somewhere hot. Finally, after at least three minutes of this arctic torture, Golini finally picked me up. After getting out of the jaws of Pearson Airport, there were some twists and turns before we eventually got into something that looked a little more hospitable. Now at that time, Golini was living on the main floor of a house in Little Italy, a neighborhood in Toronto full of Italians. You might think that last part is redundant, but when I went to Corktown, there wasn't a Corkman in sight. So anyways, after a couple of weeks of enjoying Little Italy's cafes and bars and admiring the beautiful women, I realized I couldn't afford the place. It was time to find a home of my own, so I moved to the more humble and inexpensive neighborhood next door, Little Portugal, a neighborhood that's full of Portuguese. And that's when the adventure really began. The Junction I still had a mostly vengeful hope of becoming a priest again, so as I could go back to Bishop Maloney and say, Ah, who's an excommunicated priest now, you ignorant And then a whole lot of other stuff does not fit for print. Of course, that's not what I was thinking when I found out that the section of Little Portugal I was living in was called the Junction Triangle, and the neighborhood next door was called the Junction, and it had a train platform as its center point. For all me uh, Canadian friends, there's a junction outside of Limerick, and it is the worst, most isolated and depressing place in all of Ireland. And that's saying something. In fact, it's like a cross between Siberia and the Bermuda Triangle. A cold, desolate, barren intersection for the two trains that cross randomly in the west of Ireland. It's at the Limerick Junction the people would often disappear. Usually it was because their connecting train had never arrived, so they would just start walking through the fields in a half-starved daze before, well, disappearing. So I was having visions, nightmares really, of the junction back home. So I took a cautious walk around me two new Toronto neighborhoods. They were actually worse. The junction still enforced prohibition until 2000. That's not a typo. The year... 2000. I hear people talking about all of them Arab countries that don't sell booze like Saudi Arabic and, well, I could go on, but you get me point. Toronto is a progressive first world city for Christ's sakes. What the hell took so long? The good side of it all? I figured that this was a place to stake me claim in the name of Catholicism. I could build a following and get me own parish and then finally tell the bishop to go it. Focus, Seamus, focus. 
All right, I decided it was time to cut me hair and get a real job. There were some tears and gnashing of teeth as the barber shaved off me beautiful red frown beard. But that was it. I began street corner preaching with the conviction of someone who has lost and is now looking for work. I stood in front of existing churches and tried to convert people to the good side. Day after day, Sunday after Sunday, I pounded the pavement and walked me beatific beat, but I noticed that two things were happening. The formerly dry junction had, instead of God, found alcohol. The thirsty feckers were opening up more bars than any other neighborhood in Toronto. The junction went from being the neighborhood with the highest density of churches to the neighborhood with the highest density of pubs, which led to the second thing. Developers started converting the churches into condos. At first, I was shocked. But then I realized, as I was talking to a young couple one day in front of a, a church-come-condo, I was facing a losing battle. To put it in perspective, which would you rather? Eternal salvation, a community of spiritual brothers and sisters, a steady and reliable set of rules to guide you through even the most difficult of times, or a condo the size of a shoebox that costs half a million dollars. I'm not going to win that war. Of course you'd go for the condo, and so would I. I ended up zigzagging home each night after having gone from one amazing bar to another, all along Dundas Street west from Quebec Avenue to Kiel to DuPont, under the graffiti-covered bridge that takes you past the old Irish centre-turned-Portuguese soccer club into the bleak but honest Junction Triangle. This went on for a while until I finally admitted defeat and let me dreams of redemption go. I started to enjoy life in Canada a lot more after that. <laughs>